Hello and welcome to High Mind Talking Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Hugh Torpy, and today we're joined by Paula Mull, Executive Coach and IMI Associate, about how to build your own executive presence in a virtual environment. Paula is an executive and communication coach specializing in executive presence. She has 20 years experience working in multinational and Irish companies, including Glambia, CRH, EY and Cartroller, qualified in psychology, executive coaching, cognitive behavioral therapy and public relations. Uh, she is the ideal expert to explore executive presence as a management theory. Um, there are a lot of elements behind executive presence um, and we won't be going into all of them here. Instead, we're going to try and give you clear guidance on how to navigate this virtual environment as a leader and focus on those things that have changed most in the last few months and those that are likely to remain. Our conversation is also based on the presumption that being a virtual organization is not something being forced on you like it is today with coronavirus, but rather that is likely to become a new normal, at least to some degree. So Paula, hi, welcome. Thank you very much, Hugh. It's great to speak with you again. Yes, absolutely. Um, I want to start uh, with a really the, the basic question. Let's get us all on the baseline. Very briefly, what is executive presence? Okay. Executive presence, people typically associate with words like confidence, gravitas, charisma. So these concepts that are quite intangible. And I, for a long time, really struggled with pe people being able to define executive presence. So I've trained with a company, Bates, who are based in Boston, who have defined it for us. And they say executive presence is a leader's ability as seen through the eyes of others to engage, inspire, align and move people to act. And if you think about these times in this virtual world that we really are living in right now, there's never been more of a need to engage people when you can't physically um, see them in person that, yeah. you know, that they're inspired, that they can see beyond, um, you know, what does the future look like and what's that going to mean for me? And also this idea that they're aligned, they know what they're doing and because people are being self-sufficient and they're on their own so that everybody's clear on what they're doing. That's what executive presence is. And without going into any big detail on the model, the Bates model talks about the three dimensions, character, substance and style. Character is all of the behaviours that build trust when it comes to executive presence. So how authentic are you? How much concern do you show? Substance is all about credibility. So do you know what you're talking about? Do you yeah. have a clear vision? And then style is more, how do you generate action? So it looks at things like how assertive are you? How inclusive? And I know for our conversation today, Hugh, we probably will be spending more um, or paying more attention to the style dimension yeah. of executive presence. And I think the key phase or phrase, particularly for us today, is as seen through the eyes of others. Um, it, it really is a lot about perception, isn't it? When you go into the style paradigm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when you take a step back and look at the last few months through the lens of executive presence, what are the things that come to mind? What are you seeing from your own clients and, and uh, other businesses? Yeah, when I look back at it and I'm you know I'm coaching a lot of people during this time and different organizations and I really believe that I can almost group people into two different categories there are and I know that's a bit extreme to even say it but I do I've really been thinking about this and really noticing it and what I can see is there are the people the leaders that are embracing this virtual world and recognizing the level of executive presence that they can demonstrate in this virtual world. And yeah. for many of them, they're actually you having more meaningful conversations with their, their um, employees, with their peers than they've ever had before. Mm. And then there's the people that are resisting it. They, yes, they're working in a virtual world. They're, yeah. you know, they're showing up to the meetings, they're doing all of that. But a, a common theme that I'm hearing from people is, yeah, but if I can't knock the door and walk in to meet that person or I can't sit down and physically have that cup of coffee and, and look them in the eye directly, then really my opportunities are limited. Right. And so that to me is a really interesting. Um, and, 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 and it's not an age thing, isn't it? Like when, when you say that, it's not like everyone over the age of 50 is, <laughs> you know, everyone under 50 is, is embracing it. it. It's all about the mindset of those individuals completely and yeah age has nothing to do with it it's you know uh, there have been a few coaching sessions recently where and um, people were and I know we, we may get in to talk about this later where people were recognizing that they're no longer having conversations that they would have had where they would have bumped into people in in you know in the mm -hmm. office um, and they 
just didn't believe that that was possible virtually, you know. So and that it had nothing to do with age. It was more a, a perspective, a mindset and a view that we can only do so much. And my big fear for anybody who is thinking about it that way is they could get left behind or that this year even in itself could yeah. be written off in terms of their own career potential to demonstrate that level of executive presence in whatever role or whatever company they're in. Um, I want to get into the appearance part now. Again, we actually talked about executive presence. I think we had one or one question on this and then and then just left it. But I, I think it's it's become a really important topic now. Yeah. So um, a silly question. Have you seen the Twitter account Rate My Room? I have. <laughs> I have seen it. And I um, I think it's funny, but I think it is entirely accurate. I yeah. Um, I don't know how you, what you think yourself, but when well, just to explain to listeners, Ray yeah. My Room is a is a Twitter account that basically uh, takes screen grabs of people on television um, and says how well their room is set up for their Zoom account. Yeah. And it's it's really I find it absolutely fascinating. Yeah, yeah, completely. And I mean, it, it, what the the thing about it is for so many highly professional people in many different roles um, in society and business, yeah. it's these basic things that can actually detract from their presence and things that they haven't thought about. So yeah, it does have a big impact and it is something that everybody needs to be thinking about um, in a way that's going to be useful to them. Yeah, and I, again, we do have to return to that sort of perception as seen through the eyes of others. Mm. The way you set up your camera will make a big difference to how you're perceived, right? Yeah, completely. And, you know, I think we can't even assume that everybody has set up their camera and or turned their camera on. And I think that's even a basic point um, to, to call out. There are still businesses that I'm working with that even at this time, they were in a habit of using conference facility um, conference call facilities and not using the camera and for some of them they're still doing that and you know I came across a piece of research recently that says when people are when it's purely an audio conference call 56% of those people are doing something else at the same time during that call and by simply turning on the camera you're reducing that to four percent so I thought that was a, a nice um stat to bear in mind for any of those people who are still resisting the camera but yes when it comes to the setup of the camera like let's not overcomplicate this we don't have to become yeah. you know tv producers or anything but you do have to think of a few basic things firstly lighting i mean i only recently i you know i met with somebody virtually and they're sitting with a window behind them and so they're a silhouette i can't see them yeah. at all yeah. and the simple things of having a well-lit room having light maybe behind the your laptop or behind your screen as opposed to um behind you other things like the frame and a lot of people are either sitting too close to the screen or sitting too far away from the screen and it makes it hard for their colleagues to see those facial expressions. Yeah. So simple rule of thumb is think of the newsreader <laughs> type effect where you're seeing yeah. that head and shoulders and thinking as well simply again about the positioning of the camera lens and having that raised to be near your eyes so that um so that you don't have that you we've all seen them those people that are peering down um yeah. on the camera and we're seeing too much we're seeing <laughs> and uh, so that the simple thing and then i would also say you know i know you and i have talked about it before about appearance and another part of the setup of the camera is to be mindful of simple things as to what you're wearing, even from a color perspective. So if you're yeah. sitting with a cream or a white background and you're wearing a cream or a white kind of shirt, you're going to blend in, you know, yeah. to think about the importance of that. And for some people, they might think that's over the top, but it really does have an impact on presence. So there are easy wins that people can achieve simply by practically changing. Well, well this is the thing, isn't it? The, the, all, everything you mentioned there probably would take five minutes. Um, but so many people aren't doing it. Is, yeah. is, is there an embarrassment factor here? Like, I, I'm just thinking about people that have gone through, you know, for the last few weeks, we've been looking up their nose and then suddenly they have this beautiful setup. Are people <laughs> worried about that, you know? Yeah, I think there's probably, for some people, there this commitment to it. Is this real? Is this, the, mm. how, how far do I go with this? But look, the way I would say it is we're in this and I think we all know that and I think it is going to change how we all work. If you're serious about being a professional, think about the things that can support you in doing that. And, you know, there's nothing embarrassing about showing up professionally. So even 
you know, a very, very good friend of mine runs a yoga business. And as soon and if you think about it from a yoga perspective, you need to see more than the head and the shoulders. It, there's a whole. And as soon as she realized she was moving her business virtually, she invested in making sure she had the right equipment, the right lighting, the right setup to do it properly in the same way you would have that experience when you enter her yoga studio. And I th so I think that's a way for people to think about it, that we're all pushing past this, the awkward phase of this. But if you want to do it right, think about making these small adjustments. That's funny just to say that about the, the yoga teacher. It really will have an exponential impact, that investment over the people that don't do it in this yeah, environment. Completely. And it's and you can see it and, you know, you can experience it. So absolutely. Um, that home office setting, um, we've seen a lot of people have to set up temporary ones. I, I'm in one right now. What are the things you're hearing from clients about the current situation? Is it sustainable the way we're doing it right now? <laughs> I've seen it all. I, you know, I really have. I've seen the attics. I've seen the kids' bedrooms. Um, I've seen the grand, beautiful um, kitchens. I, I've seen it all. And what has amazed me is people have made it work. People yeah. are very adaptable. And even, you know, when I think about myself, Hugh, if you and I had a spoke last year and you said, Paula, you're going to coach from home and your husband and your two kids are going to be about <laughs> in the house, I would have said that's never going to happen. Um, but it did because it had to happen and we've made it work as well. Now, I would be very mindful when I'm doing anything like a webinar or recording like this. I do ask them to leave the house yeah. for, for the duration. Yeah. My, my wife is currently out at, at uh, Halfords. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And I, so I do um, do that, but we can't do that. That's not practical day in, day out. So the whole people are making it work. But what I would say is as we continue and realize that we're doing this, for a lot longer, people have to challenge themselves to say, am I comfortable? And um, even in my space and something, I, I thought about it myself, something so basic, even if people don't have the physical space to create an entire office, simple things like having that office chair, because I would say, um, you know, the physios are going to make a fortune in years to come <laughs> with, with people that are sitting and really uncomfortable. I noticed that, I, I don't know if you came across that, that Google, um, being Google, they, you know, they invested in offering their Google, each Googler a thousand dollars. I saw that, yeah, yeah. See that? I think Twitter yeah. done the same, haven't they? Or something similar. Well, yeah, I think I heard somebody had, another company had delivered chairs, office chairs mm. to their employees. Now, we don't all have those luxuries in terms of the companies we're with and that's not practical but how can you make it work whereby you are physically still looking after your health you know in most offices a lot of time and energy is spent into getting that right so if you talk about sustainability things like that have to be have to be okay you, you just said there you've seen it all so let's get let's go more about to that the, the video background and again this is all quite basic but I, I think it's stuff that people have never considered before so yeah. let's start with the don't do that um what are the basic things leaders shouldn't be doing when it comes to their zoom background do not have anything that is distracting okay and that i mean so what does that mean it is okay to have some personal items, but even if we go back to your um, example of the Twitter, um, you know, rate, rate my room, a lot of people that are scoring low um, are rating low, it's because they have overly com complex backgrounds that are yes. distracting from the speaker. So just thinking about a level of neutral um, background. And what I would say is, even if we go back to that lesson of the head and shoulders, the newsreader, so rather than having that big open wide space, that it's a little bit more, um, when I say confined, that might not be the right word, but that you're not, you're not showing a massive room behind you, you know, humble, that uh, I think it's the, what's that? Humble. Humble. Yes. Humble. And I mean, if you've got a beautiful opulent house, well, great. That's lovely. But th that doesn't need to be on view for, right. for everyone. So simply that um, keeping keeping distractions and thinking about those neutral backgrounds. That's that's it. It doesn't need. And most of us, even when I think back to the, you know, so I've seen people in children's bedrooms and various. There's even within a, a bedroom, there's there's a blank there's a blank wall of some sort. There's a picture. Yeah. So even think about positioning. And some people are not thinking about that enough. And perhaps even I know for you and I, we might be, you know, if you're delivering webinars and presentations, but I'm talking about even for people that are on day-to-day -day meetings, 
and they think well look it doesn't matter they're they're my colleagues they know me well and yeah. that's all fine but remember coming back to this remember what are we talking about here Hugh? we're talking about executive presence we're talking about a level of professional um backdrop and yeah. and the only other thing I would say around that is it is nice to acknowledge that we are all humans and we're all in our homes yeah. and whatever they may be and one of the big things I'm noticing is that we are connecting more in that human way with people because of that yeah. um and you know I worked with somebody recently and they had a big county flag um hanging up put behind them and you know it was funny the individual said it creates a talking point definitely yeah, yeah. of zoom conversations um but the neutral is the safest way to go does that answer that question? It does indeed, absolutely. And and just in terms of substance, when you, you mentioned the, the flag in the background, is there anything we can add, particularly from the leader uh, point of view, you know, positive? Um, so something, for example, that demonstrates how they're living the purpose of the organization or something like that. Should that be something they should be doing? Yeah, well, as long as it's not too contrived you know yeah. so I, like what I would say is there are people that are you know even this idea of using the virtual and um, backgrounds and there's companies I know that have created so they've taken photographs of their offices and they've used them and that may work for some people but you have to be very mindful that it doesn't distort yeah. your image but you know a few you know even a lot of leaders will have you might get a glimpse into their you know their book you've seen that I'm sure on Sky News and the various different news yeah. stations where you'll see um but be careful that it's not contrived and people will read through that so I would be um I think it's much more when I think about the CEOs and the leaders that I'm working with when I've observed them in their space it seems natural it seems relaxed and it seems real yeah, funny, as you said, I, I watch a lot of American television and it's funny if you read the books behind pundits, they'll mm -hmm. generally change to the topic that they're talking about. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. It's, it's entirely <laughs> contrived. Yeah. Um, and just before we leave uh, appearance, um, <laughs> online appearance, clothing, formal, informal, what's the general guidance here? Mm, the general guidance is looking comfortable and professional and recognizing that just because you're on camera doesn't mean that um wrinkles can't be seen or stains can't be seen and I think for some people there's the rolling out of the bed rolling downstairs and really not thinking in the same way as they would um present themselves in a work context I have gladly not worn high heels for the last whatever number of months I have not so I fully believe that we need to be relaxed, we need to be comfortable, but we need to be mindful that we're, when it comes to our executive presence and our appearance, that we 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 dress in a way that is reflective of how we would in a in a corporate context. And I'll be totally honest, I switch in between, so I coach and I'll wear something slightly, well, I'll always kind of have the casual um, yeah, yeah. bottom half and the leggings and the, all of that, but I will make sure that, um, that when I speak to people that it's reflective of something I would be proud of them to see me in in a work context. Perfect I think we covered a lot in appearance there so let's let's move on to another big part of executive presence probably uh, brings in a lot of those things that you talk about in the base model which is just communication and mm -hmm. um, what's the big headline when you think of communication in the virtual environment what's your guiding light when you when you think of the subject? Yeah it's all communication, isn't it? And, yeah. you know, when you think about it, I, I come back to the Engage, Inspire, Align. And when I think about all of those combined in this virtual world, the difference between the leaders that are really demonstrating executive presence at the moment, they are the people that are having meaningful conversations. Mm. Whether that is to a large group of people, whether that's smaller groups or whether that's one-to-one. -one. So if you're asking me, I think he asked me there that what you know the, what's my the guideline or what's my focus it's that it's meaningful and that we are not losing meaning because we are behind a screen so that to me is the priority what I would also say is without trying to sound like a, a mobile network but staying continually connected you know really yeah. the importance of staying continually connected and listening I think there are some people that I've met over the last number of months that have really been focus on a lot of their energy on the messages that they have to communicate and how to ensure those messages are landing with their teams but this 
the importance of listening. And, you know, there's one organization I work with and their CEO on a regular enough, I think it's once a quarter, he will do what what they call a roadshow and he will go out to all of the various different regional offices. He will meet with them. And so this is physically in person. He will meet with them. He'll share some company information. But the main focus of those sessions is to ask questions and for him to learn more and to understand what's going on. And since a lockdown happened, he prioritized delivering these in a virtual world. And I, you know, and you know, are some elements lost? Yes. Let's be honest. Of course, there are certain elements lost, but the commitment to say to his employees, now more than ever, I need to hear how you are. I need to hear what's going on for you that to me if leaders start listening to this can stop and think am I properly listening to Mm -hmm. how people are and maybe being mindful not to make assumptions that you know what's going on in their world because of what's going on in your own you may have answered this next question actually um a very practical problem that we talked about earlier on is CEOs and that informal line of communication throughout a building, you know, very often a CEO will meet a lot of people just going to the coffee break or at an event. In other words, it's not dedicated time like you just described. Yeah. It just happens in the normal course of the day. So that sort of informal communication between leaders and other staff does become much rarer in this virtual environment. So how can you recreate or I think you just went through a reimagining of those informal communications in a virtual environment. Yeah, but it's you've really hit on what I would see to be a, a hot topic that is coming up repeatedly in coaching sessions that people that the, and it goes back to those people that are really saying I it just it's, I don't want to set up a Skype call or a Zoom call and and I'm missing those informal chats and what I would say is this is a choice that people have to make around how they go about doing this because, and it's to see the opportunities around it. And if we separate out the two, there, there may be people who that leaders are, would typically bump into over a, a course of a day or a week and they have not had a conversation with them um, over the last while. What I would encourage people to do, and I did this only last week in a coaching session with a leader, to think of five people that he would not have or sorry that he would typically meet and to to reach out to them and even prepare them to say look I'm going to give you a shout next week yeah yeah. but but still and somebody even said to me the use of the mobile phone to say I'll give you a shout I'll give you a call on the mobile as opposed to arranging it um through through Skype or Zoom what I would say is though so there are the people that you maybe know when there are established relationships but for leaders um to also think about who are some of the people in the business that might be even, so maybe if we move down from the C-suite level and think yeah. about you know, people that have peers that they don't need to talk to. And what I'm really noticing is people are staying within their own their own um, area and the, the cross-functional conversations have been impacted. Yeah. So again, only yesterday, a lady that I was coaching, we were focusing on the fact that there are some people that it is important that she continues to build a relationship with. And sometimes the simple thing of saying, asking somebody for their perspective on whatever it is you're doing and but to and maybe set that up slightly more, you know, organized by setting up an, a meeting to have that conversation, but position it as a catch up. Yeah. Does that make sense? As I've said that. No, no. Yeah, absolutely. it makes absolute sense. And I, I particularly when you talk about a virtual environment and that sort of informal do we need to formalize that informality if that makes sense because what i'm thinking about is new people mm. so if you hired someone today mm-hmm. they might not meet someone for six months in the organization mm-hmm. well let's look at that at it in a, in a normal hybrid organization where if someone would be working from home and they come into the office once or twice yeah. over yeah. the year so should you should you get your ceo to call every new person within reason obviously um what's what's the guideline what's the principles here we should be thinking about yeah there's a lot of people that i've been meeting that have been you know onboarding people during this time and looking at ways to do that and i think that the the main thing is that they feel connected coming back to this theme of that they feel connected Mm. and that somebody is thinking about who those people 
need to know because they don't know yet. They don't know. They don't know. And so that that's that whoever is um, leading that out, that they are thinking about who is this individual in order for this individual to successfully deliver on the role. Almost that stakeholder mapping piece, Hugh, where they really think about, look, these are the key people that they need to have connected with and to facilitate those introductions. And yeah, a personal, um, if, if it's at all possible, a personal um, call or email or whatever it might be from the CEO or from the leadership team would mean a huge amount to anybody starting. Yeah. But I also would say, and again, a couple of weeks ago, I coached somebody who was who joined the business just prior to um to lockdown and what this individual realized was that it he now had a responsibility to ask the question who who do i not know and yeah, yeah. i'm a big fan and you know my coaching style of leadership is self-responsibility and yeah. you know for people to say can you can you guide me if that's not already happening super and those and then the, the, the more formal lines of communication basic rule do leaders have to communicate more regularly in a virtual environment and in more places yeah, they they do. And look, the, the, the thing that I would say with that is it, it has changed slightly in that when this all happened, there was um, definitely need to communicate even more. But what I've been encouraging leaders to do is to review that. And, you know, there were possibly meetings and things that were set in the diary that um, that no longer need to be in place and to check in with your employees around look, is this working for you? Yeah. Is this still necessary? And not to be following old patterns um, that that they were, but one individual springs to mind and this individual, it was interesting. He described that he very much cared about his team and about um, his the direct reports and then the wider team. And he was having quite regular one-to-one conversations. But what became very clear through his coaching session was this concept of, at times, leadership has to happen from center stage. And this individual hadn't got that wider group of, you know, in this case, um, in this case, it was about 40, 40 or 50 people. He hadn't got them together, actually, I think at any point during the lockdown. And so for yeah. him, while he was connecting with people, it needed to happen in a different form, you know, so, yeah. Our, let's, let's break this down um should an individual in an organization i hear you about um self-responsibility should mm. they be hearing from their ceo leadership once a day once a week once a month i'm talking very generalities here we know that this could be ramped up or down depending on the situation yeah i think when you're talking ceo level it realistically you know they're having conversations they will be having conversations one even once a month at, at that wider group level obviously I, i'm not saying actually one-to-one conversations just literally hearing you know being at a meeting with the ceo explaining stuff yes yes so sorry what i'm saying is the once a month that that happens once a month at a minimum um particularly at this time but what they are also having then conversations with smaller teams mm-hmm. but you know a lot of i've noticed a lot of attention during this time has gone to families and parents struggling and I think it's really important to notice that there are people that are on their own and have you know there was a piece of research I came across recently and they looked at almost 3,000 employees across 10 different industries and what what they discovered was 75 percent and this was research taken between March and April of this year 75 percent of people were feeling more socially isolated than they were and And hopefully that has lifted a little bit, given that the restrictions have lifted a little bit. So this concept of being very mindful that for some people, they are very much on their own. And each business has to take responsibility to say, are we tuning in and caring for the individuals? And has somebody got our back? So CEO, you know, regular checking but it's reducing now and as it should you know as we create this this new version of it um but even you know there, there's different forms in which um a c-suite level or leadership can connect you know so there can be the the big you know the town hall type yeah. of sessions um there can be obviously and you know the email and you know I, I heard somebody talk recently but they really valued that email that they could they you know maybe there was a little bit of help from the communications team but they could really hear the voice of yeah. the ceo and that that meant a lot to hear their voice and hear their ceo 
um, describe things um, from their own perspective. But now we, we see other versions of them where, you know, Satya Nadella always from Microsoft, um, you know, he's so known for his big stadium session yeah. you know, with the, but, you know, so how is he doing that now? He's recording videos for people. And that now is within all of our reach to do that. Um, so it's another way in which a CEO or leadership level can connect maybe with that wider group um, to to share some important messages. Yeah. Uh, one final question um, on, on communication focus um, during meetings. It, it, we've all found this in terms of when you're sitting in front of a screen, it's much more difficult to focus than mm-hmm. if you're sitting at a table. Um, and I could imagine most senior leaders and CEOs when we all have our videos on, if people are looking at anybody, they're looking at them. Mm. So how can we how can leaders and CEOs and, and the senior leadership teams show that they're paying attention? Um, is there any tips or because you know that if, if someone looks away from the screen and looks like they're they're writing an email, yeah, it, it massively impacts on, on on what you think they're, they're how much attention they're paying. Yeah, I'm laughing because you know the the tip, the trick is to pay attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I completely, you know, I'm, I'm sure maybe you and I have spoken about this at some other point before that here we are, we're talking about executive presence. Executive presence is all about being present. And that is a choice that we make. And yes, it requires more energy. Yeah. But like, I know I have a phrase when I'm working with people around, you know, presenting with impact. So in the um, physical world, when people be standing up in front of a group, a, a line that I would always say to people is when you're up, you're on, you know, you, yeah. you, you're, you're on and you have a responsibility to ensure that all of those people feel like you are interested. And that is a choice. Now, there is, you know, and there's research to say that that virtually it takes more energy yeah. Um. To to notice some of those nonverbals through the screen than it does in person, um. Things like simple things like turn and you know, I'll be perfectly honest. For the first um few weeks, I would have done a lot of virtual coaching anyway, but I never really I hadn't been doing it as intensely, um. But even the turning off your own. Um, you know, in a lot of the, you can turn off the camera for yourself, so you're yeah. not seeing yourself because that's actually taking energy up from people because they're being distracted. So it's okay to check in and make sure your posture is okay and you look, but then connect and make eye contact with as best possible with the people that are in the room. So it is something that um, it's a choice, and you know, when when people enter into a coaching session with me, it. I know it's a different context, but I have to pay absolute attention to what's happening in every moment. And leaders, if they're serious about ensuring that people feel understood and feel listened to and feel connected to, they make that choice yeah. for that length of time. And and just as you speak there, because I, I think we've all felt that the energy of, of, of looking at a screen for an hour, it, it can be quite difficult. So would it be recommended just for leaders at the end of every meeting or at the beginning of every meeting just to stand up and do a little shake out and, and you know, focus a little bit more? You know, do a conscious yeah. little exercise to focus. Yeah, completely, completely come in. And, you know, I'm a big fan of mindfulness for many, many reasons and um, mm. for reducing stress. For But one of the brilliant things that mindfulness does and a practice even when I'm working with leaders even a minimum of three minutes a day can have a massive impact but that you're training the mind to come back in to to the, the moment and but yeah I mean the like you and I even spoke about the important or the value in being able to get out for that walk or that breath of fresh air mm-hmm. and one of the things I am um, hearing from people a lot is they're going from one call to the next call to yeah. the next call and they are not lifting their heads and they're not physically even moving to go get get a glass yeah. of water and that is not okay and it you know from a human perspective and a physical perspective trying to to be present and demonstrate presence you have to start by making sure that you're there's a level of self-care you're looking after yourself to be able to do that and what I would challenge leaders to do is where is that space and and people say oh a lot of the time people say that's it's hard to achieve that's a choice yeah I I think one of the the analogies I I once heard was um if you turned up to a sporting event and you found out the athlete hadn't slept or ate for the last 24 hours you wouldn't be very happy completely Completely. Yeah. yeah. And it is, you know, and in the Bates model of executive presence, when we look at the style dimension and we look at the, 
the facet of appearance in there yes it does talk about do you dress appropriately for whatever the environment or the culture is but it asks are you an energy or sorry are you a leader that shows up with energy and vitality and you're ready to to engage and each leader has a personal responsibility to demonstrate that and to practice that perfect i i want to move on that sort of empathy and awareness and this is one of those things that I think uh, one of those uh, circumstances where leaders really show off their substance character and give off that gravitas mm. is when they're spotting potential problems, particularly in people around them before they manifest. I'm particularly mm. thinking of those nonverbal cues people give during meetings. You'll often see it's the leader in the room that brings it out of them and the topic into the open. Mm -hmm. um, are there a different set of rules or signs people should be thinking about? when they're on a virtual call to see those potential problems? Yeah, that's an interesting way of asking the question. Are there a different set of rules? And when I hear you say that, you know, my instant response to that is the, the same rules apply in the observing and noticing and um, and choosing what to do about that. You know, I've, many times I've had leaders say, I do notice the, the resistance or I notice the discomfort and I move past it because I don't yeah. have time to, to pay attention to, to, to go there. Um, so what I would say is a couple of things from a practical perspective. Um, it can be useful to sense check how people are even before you're going into calls. And, you know, there's one particular leader I know and she has been checking in with wider grip by even like it may seem um, a bit extreme but as a quick survey monkey to ask you know around this particular topic to try to get a read of the room like what's what are what's going on for people so even knowing that beforehand will help that individual um, enter into that conversation with the right message and a right the right approach so that's one way kind of pre-prepare a little bit um, if you can or even another technique that I've seen people use and you know the, the chat room function um, within a uh, particularly within a zoom call yeah. to ask people because you know, what I'm noticing when you've got a large group of people this idea that introverts become more introverts and extroverts become yeah. more more extrovert and a, a nice simple way to do that and I'm talking about when it's a bigger group of people is to invite people to insert two words about how they are or what they're feeling about the topic and even just you get a like a read of the room virtually mm -hmm. it's a very useful it's, that's right. it's almost like those pulse surveys yeah the, yeah the quick exactly exactly and 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 there are other ways to do it but but what the other day I was coaching an individual and there was a point where I can't remember exactly the 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 top the, the particular point, but what I noted, I said to him, "What's going on for you right now?" And he kind of looked at me and he said, "What?" Do you, and he said, "How do you?" He said to me, "How do you know I'm clenching my hands?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "I'm not psychic, Sally, you know, and I can't, but I could, I could observe the tension move all the way up um to his neck and to kind of, and a lot of times we're holding tension." in our jaws, that kind of clenching or tightening of the jaw. Now, naturally, in a coaching conversation, my job is to pay attention to that and to understand what that means. For other leaders, they may not have the capacity to, to be able to go into that level of detail with each individual, but we can read, and you know, when I think when I'm doing um, virtual sessions with bigger groups, you can sense the energy in the room, you know, and you can make choices as to how you change that. And, you know, one person that I, um, I remember him saying this quite early on, he mentioned the fact that they were having a team meeting and they were yeah. working through their agenda. But he had that feeling of oh, like something's not right here. And he said that he just dropped the agenda and said, what's going on? what's really going on how, how are we all how are we all and now there was a good trust between that team anyway and good rapport but it totally shook up the conversation and they didn't get to cover what they had planned to cover in the agenda but what they talked about was way more important and then when you're in those meetings um in terms of showing vulnerability because i think we talked about this a lot it's sort of you know demonstrating the behaviors you want to see in your other people do you have any examples of this in a virtual environment um and are, again, yeah. do the principles change from a traditional working setting to a virtual setting? They they don't change per se because it's all about the message and choosing um, 
the message and like I do have a I do have a good example of this and because it really has struck me um the the wider impact of this so and um a company that I do a lot of work with that I that I get that I can share with you and is a company is Glumbia you mentioned them at the beginning yeah, and yeah. I work particularly with Glumbia Ireland and through the IMI we deliver the coaching leader program which is all about teaching their their leaders to develop more of a coaching approach and what has been fascinating so I'm coaching an awful lot of people in that business and one line that I'm hearing repeatedly is the way in which Jim Bergen their CEO is showing up as himself letting people know when he's having good days bad days and has having is is having a profound impact on them and you know one individual member her saying when I heard that I I when I heard that he was having bad days it gave me permission to really <laughs> have them as well um and you know and you know I, I if you've ever met Jim, Jim his approach is a very natural conversational way yeah. of, of connecting but it's this humane um way of being and really above all what you know and they've been checking in to see how have we communicated as a business during this time and the feedback has been that for many people it has positively impacted the culture so it's actually things have got better because they feel like the business deeply cares about yeah and that's all happening virtually you know so I think that coming back to that thing of the people that think it's not opportunities are limited that that's a, that's a you said it earlier that's a mindset and the mindset that that business has is we can connect and care about our people um by letting our own guard down and saying it as it is and and accepting those bad days usually means the next good day comes quicker right i presume anyway. <laughs> yeah it does it does but you know again i had a session recently with an individual and she really you know this topic was coming up because she had got feedback actually from the Bates model the exec and um, the xpi the executive presence index that there was a need for her to let her guard down more and be more vulnerable and she was very much stuck on that belief that um that that's a weakness yeah. and and i'm and, and i know you've heard that before and you probably discussed that with other people before um but to expect people to do that requires them to check in on their beliefs about vulnerability yeah. but i would also say and what became really apparent with that individual is it challenges you to think about the quality of the relationships that you have. Yeah. So there's a catch 22 in some ways you want to, you know, in order to build relationships, you need to be more vulnerable. Um, but for a lot of people, they feel like the relationship has to be there for them to be vulnerable. And I would challenge people to think about what that means for them and to not overcomplicate it. And to, you know, and you know, there may be certain people that they will really really let their guard down in that confidential yeah. space but a simple thing like saying yeah yesterday wasn't great um but you know what today um feels better getting there yeah i know and the point of that is not a lot of people are really happy right now <laughs> <laughs> like i think you and i said there's an element of this that we're enjoying and and what i would challenge people to do to think about is you being good actually can be helpful to others you know a very good friend of mine I remember a, a few weeks ago and she asked me how I was so I told her and I was things were good and then she said oh you know like I'm having a really bad day and I instantly felt bad in that moment that I had been almost um showing off as to how things were good for me and she said she stopped and she said to me look Paula hearing the way you've talked about that is has helped me shift my perspective and helped me realize that I can think about it differently so being up you can bring other people up and that's a big part of executive presence as well yeah I've, I've, I've since I don't have kids I've tried not to be say how amazing my situation has been because <laughs> I recognize how it, it, it's not the same for other people yeah. um I, I you were talking about vulnerability and showing vulnerability just as you were talking there one of the ways senior leaders often do it is they pretend not pretend they don't know how to use the technology but you know the technology is where they show their vulnerability oh I don't know how to do this is this the right road to take because uh, I I would imagine it would cut into that uh, ex- executive presence the gravitas within it yeah no it's not real vulnerability <laughs> is it no it is do not do that yeah <laughs> do not do that but I, but I know what you're talking about and I've seen it that is not real vulnerability. Real vulnerability is being honest and saying something that is true. 
you know yeah. and like uh, oh I'll go you know you so it's okay to show off that you're enjoying it and the fact that you don't there aren't kids there and, and annoying you but the other like I was coaching somebody and it was interesting the topic that I knew that we were going to revisit was this topic around restraint and being perfectly honest he 10 minutes before the session my two, I have a five-year-old um, girl and a seven-year-old boy. They're all hell had broken loose in the kitchen, you know. And and I, in that moment, didn't practice restraint in the way that I would have liked. I was frustrated. And but at the beginning of this, the coaching session, I shared that with the person. I know again, it's a coaching session, so it's, it's different. But yeah, to, and and that's being vulnerable and that's being honest. And so I think it can be the little things, you know, there's somebody else that mentioned recently, they've just got a new, they've got a puppy. They took on a puppy in the midst of lockdown and the puppy's driving them crazy. And, but it actually, when they shared it with the group, you know, we were in a group session, it created all types of conversations and it lifted the energy. So yeah, it can, it can come in all different ways. Uh, we'll finish now. We talked a lot, actually just sort of weaving in and out of the questions is gravitas, but I, I want to just, talk about it, talk to it directly you know the world has literally shrunk to a screen um so can you talk to through the challenges leaders face here on on building up their own gravitas and and utilizing it in a virtual environment yeah so i love that expression it shrunk to a screen <laughs> you know and it's true you're right that um you know i would for years and years and years i've been working with leaders on their physical presence and appearance as they as they present and they walk into a room and how they um, hold that space and you're right that has been taken from people but let's come back up to executive presence and those three dimensions of character yeah. substance and style character all the things about trust can they all happen virtually yes I think you and I have just spoken about many of them yeah. authenticity vulnerability concern they all can be demonstrated and I think I'm seeing and hearing more of that actually that the virtual world is given people or even that concept we spoke about earlier seeing into people's homes and, and seeing children seeing family or seeing things it's, so that all can happen virtually in terms of building trust with your team substance that hasn't changed yeah because we're on the other end of a screen you know so when we're talking about substance we're looking at things like your level of practical wisdom so are you getting right to the heart of the issue so as a leader are you clearly focusing on what needs to be talked about but one thing I will say here this is a big challenge and this is a choice and I, I had a session only this morning that covered this and I even said it to my husband after I wonder what's happening here where people are having incessant Skype calls, Zoom calls, video calls, you know, and it's, and I wonder, is there psychologically a desire to just be around people and that's yeah. like the way to do it, but that is not working for many, many people and for leaders who want to really demonstrate executive presence to get crystal clear on one of the, the behaviors in the Bates model is vision. So what's the vision? What's the priority here? And how can I show that? And how can I cut calls and move calls and change things so that we're demonstrating that? From a style perspective, so simple things like, you know, some of the behaviors in there are assertiveness, inclusiveness. Thinking about, albeit we can't physically stand up and we can't physically go over and shake hands with people, but mm. been really mindful of how, you know, I don't know if you can hear me smiling, but we can hear a smile on the phone. You know, we can hear a smile so that, that you're thinking about how you you connect with people visually, that you're thinking about your voice, that when so much of this is happening virtually, we have to be really mindful of our vocal delivery and mm. having enough breath to be able to deliver the message, using pause in the same way. I work with a lot of leaders on pushing that pause button, mm. giving people that moment to hear what they have just said and process it. That hasn't changed and in many ways that's it's probably required even more mm. so I would say this concept of it shrinking to a screen all of the elements of executive presence can still very much be delivered and demonstrated through the screen and um, but it's about choosing to be mindful of those behaviors yeah tell a random fact I was watching QI the other night and humans are much better uh, spotting lies when it's audio only than when they can see people do you know what? You're the second for somebody. I bumped into somebody in the park the other day, and they said they were, they were that 
was what they said. They must have been watching the same thing. That, that, <laughs> Everyone's binging on these programs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And like, here we are, we're talking all about video and all of that. There are times where it, it can be, you listen differently as well um, mm. when it's audio. And so there has to be a balance. You cannot be on video all the time. So create more space. Choose those moments where picking up the mobile phone and having a conversation with somebody would be more appropriate, would be more useful and would be more relaxing for mm for both you and that person. Right. Um, I always try and end sort of with the, the, the elevator pitch. So so let's try and end by summarizing this into a piece of advice. Um, I'll ask it to you this way. A leader gives you a call and says, I can feel I'm losing my influence in the organization and my presence is diminishing. What are the top line, top line pieces of advice you'd give them? Like, what's the mindset that you go, this is what you should start thinking about? Mm-hmm. So what's the mindset? the mindset is it is within my control to change this first of yeah. all and that's a big thing i would then say get really clear on who are your priority audience because when we think about you know i'm you know i'm losing my influence or and my presence is diminishing in the organization that can feel so wide where do i start with that so get crystal clear on who are the priority audience when you've identified who they are think about how frequently you're engaging with them and think about the approach that you're taking and what has to change within that approach. And a question that I've been asking people, and I I would ask in the context you've just described is, when you think about those people, what are they not getting from me? Because that'll help you get clear on, do they, are they missing out on important information within the business that I'm not sharing with them? Are they, am I telling them more about how I am and what's going on? Am I telling them about how much they matter and how much um, I value and appreciate the work that they're doing? So ask, ask yourself that question. What are they not getting from? And then the final bit, I strongly believe executive presence is all about how do you, how do people feel? in your company and you know that famous famous Maya Angelou quote people will forget what you said and they'll forget what you did but they'll always remember how you made them feel and if leaders are serious about executive presence check in with yourself to say how are the people around me feeling right now and how has that been impacted by the way I'm showing up and if you hold that in your mind that'll guide that next conversation it'll guide the message you share in that next meeting it'll guide you to set up a a call or a conversation that you haven't yet achieved and that to me is what executive presence is really all about how do you make people feel perfect i think that's a great piece of advice to end um paula thanks so much for taking the time today um I hope you enjoy your lockdown as much as I do. For now. I know, I know, I will. We'll keep, we'll keep getting outside where, where we can. Um, so no, it was great speaking with you, and I really enjoyed that conversation. Lovely. Thanks so much, Paula. Thanks. Best of us. Bye-bye. Care. Okay, bye-bye.